2: In case you were going to ask, I'm sure you were. You guys, we made it to Wednesday night. And now on into the latter stages of the week and still seven openings in the NFL at the head coaching position. I told you on last night's show, I get the sense that we're just waiting. The whole industry's holding its breath. Ah, timely, yeah. But we do have some coaching news. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Mike McCarthy is not getting fired. Good for Jerry Jones. Seriously, I mean that with all of my heart. I'm not being snarky. I'm being extremely sincere. Good for Jerry Jones. I know this was, according to him, One of the most painful losses, if not the most painful loss in his tenure with the Cowboys. He couldn't remember a loss that was more painful. And no doubt, even as a casual observer, I can understand why this one would be extremely painful. And why it's beyond disappointing. It's devastating. It's dejecting. It's discouraging. You have so much promise and and you work so hard to get to the point where you're the number two seed in the NFC playoffs and you just, you right, you lay a huge, nasty rotten egg. But to throw out all that was good about the season... I think would have been a mistake and a knee-jerk reaction. Because when you consider body of work, and I feel the same way about Philadelphia, when you consider body of work, not just one playoff game. Well, then how can you say Mike McCarthy hasn't had a positive, successful, winning approach as the head coach? Again, taking a a holistic approach, which is the word that Jerry Jones uses. So I appreciate that he said that. You can't honestly say that it's been a bad thing to have Mike McCarthy as the head coach. I, I don't think there's any way that if you're being rational and objective, you can say that. Even if you're being subjective, I don't know how you can say that. Are they closer to where they want to be? I think they are. Certainly with Dak Prescott as the quarterback and Jerry Jones has chosen to hitch his wagon to Dak's star. Now we'll see what happens with the rest of the coaching staff. The reports are that Dan Quinn's already interviewed with three different teams. I heard virtually, which is interesting, and that he's got two more, including Seattle, where he had his greatest success as a defensive coordinator and then translated that success into the head coaching job in Atlanta, which I think is really interesting now because Atlanta's open again. So is Seattle. Dan Quinn had success as a DC, used that to springboard into a head coaching job. Is he about to do that again? And will it be more successful the second time around? Even some of the greatest coaches of all time didn't have great success in their first stop or their first few years. Bill Belichick being a classic example. So what will change in Dallas? Well, that remains to be seen, but it will not be the head coach. And I applaud Jerry Jones for, again, not being knee-jerk in his reaction. Speaking of that, that's the good advice that Jason Kelsey is taking and the approach that Jason Kelsey is taking. So he may end up retiring, but he says because of the emotion in losing a playoff game and not just the Eagles losing to the Bucs, but how badly it went, how embarrassing it was, how the end of the season was this proverbial falling off the cliff. I mean, for that reason, it's even more emotional for that reason it's even wiser to take a step back before you make a decision because they thought they had everything in front of them at 10 and 1 they thought they had unfinished business and now in a blaze of not so much glory so there is news but not the news we're waiting on Other than Gerard Mayo in New England, who will take over for Bill Belichick being promoted from within, which doesn't surprise me about Bob Kraft, We're no closer. Well, the teams may be closer. We are no closer as fans and analysts and radio hosts. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We are gearing up for divisional round playoff battles and waiting on this coaching news. And... As we do so, former NFL wideout and, this is critical, Las Vegas native Mike Pritchard will join us just under an hour from now. We'll talk matchups, coaching carousels, Super Bowl 58 in his city. He's also the lead NFL analyst for Visa Network, if you've heard of what is a relatively young network based largely around gambling and seeing sports through that lens, which obviously is a growing industry around the country. So Michael, join us from Las Vegas coming up at the top of next hour. You can find me on Twitter, Radio. Did I say that already? I might have. Sometimes when I've got my brain going a mile a minute, I think I might have said a few things more than once. (laughs) Like the name of the show sometimes. I think I say it twice or three times in the span of about 90 seconds because my brain's already moving on to something else and has forgotten what I just said. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, on our Facebook page, too, I'd love to hear from you. For those of you who sent sweet messages today, thank you. You're very kind. It feels kind of corny, but I'm doing it anyway, and the Hubs and I did it anyway, celebrating one month of marriage. I was having this conversation with one of my colleagues who's been married for a really long time, and he was saying, yeah, you count months until you get through year one. And then when you get through year one, well, then no more. Then you're done counting months. Well, I'm going to relish every month. It's kind of hard to believe it's been a month, but at the same time, (laughs) I feel like such a baby wife, (laughs) meaning like just learning how to crawl. (laughs) Also, for those of you who've been so curious, curiosity killed the cat. Don't forget that. Oh, that's a fun little phrase that rhymes. I feel like Dr. Seuss. Uh, If you are one of those people who has been desperate to see a picture of Bob, there's finally a picture of Bob. On Twitter, you can check it out, A Law Radio. And Producer Jay, would you mind helping me put the photos from Twitter up on our Facebook page? Jay, why are you giving me that look like what?
3: I did not know that Bob made his debut on your social.
2: You're going to have to go check it out.
3: Wow, this is big.
2: (laughs) This is huge. Is it big because you are surprised or it's big because you didn't have any idea?
3: I just didn't have any idea. Oh, all
2: right. I mean, you've seen Bob. You know what he looks like. Not in person, but you will in Las Vegas.
3: Yes. Yes. Looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, that's going to be a little odd because he's going to be working and I'm going to be working and he would like to come hang out at work, but I don't know how that's going to go. I told him I would attempt to get him a guest pass to Radio Row just so he can see what it's like. That'd be fun. But I I don't actually know if it's going to happen, especially now that we don't have a boss. Mm. I mean, kind of a boss, but he's a lame duck boss or dead man walking. So I, I no, not that. That's probably a bit dramatic. But you know how people say, let's have some real talk here for a moment on after hours on CBS sports radio, and then you can go back to to trying to find the picture of Bob. It's really not that hard to find uh, It was the celebration of month number one, so I wake up early afternoon just. Because I was hot, right? I had a bunch... I fell asleep cold uh, because it was three degrees in my neighborhood and had a bunch of blankets on the bed. And so when I woke up a few hours later, three, four hours later, it's because I was hot. So I kicked off covers. I always pick up my phone. This is a bad idea. I always pick up my phone to see what time it is. I should just leave my phone there. Who cares? The alarm will wake me up when it's time to get up. But I did pick up my phone to see what time it was. When I picked up my phone, would you believe... I had a text message from a friend who also works in radio letting me know that our boss is leaving. That's how I found out that our boss is leaving the network. Huh. So I checked my email. No, no emails. I checked Twitter. Oh, look at that. There's news on Twitter. So you know all those athletes or even coaches who would tell you they find out news about themselves on social media? No joke. No joke. That's how my friend found out. That's why he texted me. And then I open up Twitter and there is the news posted 10 minutes earlier on Twitter. Are you kidding me? Now I understand the indignance of it. We don't even get a courtesy email or a text or, gosh, I don't know, a personal message Indicating that you are leaving? Apparently not. Once again, uh, well, I mean, I've told you this before. I was pretty sure that the boss didn't even know we had a show here on the overnight. Uh, didn't I'm, I'm not sure he's ever heard of after hours. But regardless, like how how wrong is that? I so it's not quite like Jared Goff getting blindsided and traded without his knowledge, just never hearing from the coach or from the team before he got shipped shipped to Detroit but you, you there there are certainly instances where people have found out that either their coaches got fired or they got traded or some other piece of news and they find out on social media that's how they find out that there's some impactful change coming to their organization or their team right seriously Jay and I can now raise our hands. I don't know if anybody else was privy to the information. Maybe it's because we don't work during the daytime. Maybe they walked around with a foghorn and said, by the way, I'm leaving. By the way, this guy's leaving. But yeah, we had no clue. I I literally found out through a friend who saw it on Twitter. Isn't that what happens with athletes? Like, they 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 wake up. So, how often do you hear an athlete's taking a nap? And he wakes up and his phone is blown up. And it's a bunch of his buddies telling him that I just saw this news on Twitter. That's crazy, isn't it?
3: Yeah, your way was more personal than mine, so. <laughs> what was your way? I just was going through. I woke up and I was just looking through the news. Of were you seriously? We were just? I, know, I just wanted to see if Mike McCarthy got fired yet, honestly. So, I went on X or Twitter. And uh, I was like, oh, that affects me. <laughs> but yeah. no way. You, yeah.
2: So whose post
3: did you see? Uh, I don't remember. Just I think it was just the WFAN's post, general post.
2: Oh, so WFAN is our New York affiliate. And apparently, and we share studios with our New York affiliate, So that's where we are in lower Manhattan. So we have office space. Well, we don't really have offices. We have lobby space uh, and we have desk space, cubicle space, essentially sharing the same area, general area, with our New York affiliate. And apparently there was an announcement, if you were in the building, but I guess we did not warrant that announcement. But no, seriously, I looked at my email, and there's nothing. Like, nothing. Wow. All right. Well, congratulations to him on a new opportunity, and well, I guess we'll just go back to doing what we do without a boss's input, which... Is essentially how it's been for the last three years or so. <laughs> Actually, it's been that way for quite a while, even going back to before COVID. I, I, I'm pretty sure they've all forgotten we, we do what we do here on the, on the uh, overnights, but that's all right. We just keep doing our thing. Chug, chug, chugging along. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. <laughs> do you think he still has the power to fire people? <laughs> Nah, nah. If you're leaving and taking a different position in another city, nah, I'm going to go with no. He just showed his butt. <laughs> Seriously. Has anybody else ever found out their boss was leaving on social media?
3: Maybe that's the new way.
2: Maybe that is the new way.
3: That's hmm. trend now.
2: Did you think for a second that it might be a troll or it might be a fake account.
3: Uh, it looked pretty legitimate from the start. Did it? Yeah, it did. It did. It was like official right away.
2: I was like, "Oh, wow, yeah, I'm up." <laughs> it, what did it say? It was like Where's the post? post? It's up there. So I should go to our New York affiliate and find the post? Yeah, it's up there. Oh, all right. Did it say surprise?
3: Um, no, but that's how I felt.
2: <laughs> yes. No doubt. Surprise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very much later in the day, I saw an email from his boss indicating that it was happening. Much later in the day, (laughs) too bad news is already broken. Uh, hope you don't mind hearing it from us now. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) it's a strange industry these days. So, yeah, that's if if anybody would like to apply for the job, we could use a new boss. I'm assuming they're going to to do a nationwide search, but what do I know? <laughs> on Twitter, because that's where news breaks. Uh, a Law Radio or our show Twitter After Hours, CBS, uh, and then also on our Facebook page. As I say, there's finally a picture of the hubs. You go check it out for yourself. It only took a month. You wore me down. But also, thank you for your sweet messages. All right, coming up. Let's see, what do we have for you? We have got some pretty interesting revelations from one Derrick Henry, who is relatively sure his time in Nashville is done. Also, the real reasons why Jerry Jones is keeping Mike McCarthy, though we don't know about the rest of his staff, right? So. You'll hear from one analyst with his insider, Intel. And then Gerard Mayo, too, getting introduced as the new head coach of the New England Patriots. And no, he's not Bill Belichick. Although it's worked out for Baker Mayfield, no, I'm not Tom Brady. So, no, I'm not Bill Belichick. I'm someone different. And not only do I dress different, But I speak different, and I look different, and I act different, and we're different ages, and we're different everythings. So it's time for a new era in New England. 855-212-4227. That's our toll-free line. 855-212-4CBS.
4: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
5: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
2: Yes, It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio.
3: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
6: A little song I wrote You might want to sing it Note for note Don't worry Be happy This is
3: After Hours With Amy it's Lawrence like
6: We have some trouble but When you worry You make it double Don't worry
4: Be happy Don't worry Be
1: happy <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who needs to hear this today? Me. I do. I really do need to hear that because, you know, as human beings, change is hard. A lot of changes in my life in the last month, but they're primarily positive, overwhelmingly positive, Uh, but yet here comes another curveball. Just when you think you have it all figured, well, I've never had it all figured out, but just when you think you know what the routine is or you have adjusted to whatever it happens to be personally or professionally, here comes another zinger right in your face. Uh, I feel like all of my sound effects are essentially the same. That's just all I got. I'm not real good at sound effects. Jay, what does a curveball sound like? A zinger. What does a zinger sound like? Zing.
3: Yeah, a curveball would be more of like a... Right. All right, but that's you not that, helpful. Like
2: on that. I need I need a zinger. Like we need a bullet. Like a, jo- Z- <laughs> mm. <laughs> like a Josh Allen rope hitting you right in the face. <laughs>
4: was that all right?
2: <laughs> yes, that was perfection. <laughs> uh, just out in the newsroom, we've got a couple of colleagues who are here, and they, well, one of them at least agrees with us that it was a little strange finding out the news about our boss leaving on social media. But that is, um, yeah, that is the new way of things. I'm not sure I like it. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Uh, Whether you find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or whether you check out our Facebook page, we're always glad to connect with you. We'll try not to do breaking news there. Uh, Though many of you, you get it, in 2024, this is actually why I'm on Twitter, because this is where news breaks, except I wasn't expecting that kind of. Oh, Kevins, now I know what it feels like. I actually, this could be show prep. Now I know what it feels like. Just a a small kind of glimpse of of how it feels and what it looks like to be an athlete who finds out he's been traded or that his coach got fired on social media, right? (laughs) Derrick Henry, speaking of coaches getting fired, we know that when he played in week 18 against the Jacksonville Jaguars and had a season high, what was it, 153 rushing yards? Don't quote me, something along those lines. Had a huge game to help spur that upset of the Jaguars and keep them out of the playoffs. A couple days later, Mike Vrabel got fired. So even though he was prepared and, and said goodbye, addressed the crowd, i will always be a Titan, but on the microphone it felt like a farewell just in case, Right. Once Vrabel got the axe, he tells the Bussin' with the Boys podcast that now he's sure that he won't return to Tennessee. I
6: feel like they're going in a different direction, and that's okay. That that happens. That's the nature of the business. We want something to last for forever. Nothing nothing does, especially in this business. You know, I'll <laughs> always be a Titan, even if I don't I'll come back. But at the end of the day. Um, you know, I want to win the Super Bowl and whatever, wherever that is that gives me the best chance. And that's that's what I want to do. I don't have no bad blood or feel, feel no type of way if, I, if I'm if i not back. It's just what was supposed to happen. I mean, the story already written, you know, we all, we all just living it.
2: Well, let's hope he didn't find out on social media. Let's hope that instead he was part of, I don't know, part of the revelation. It makes me really appreciate what Nick Saban did by keeping the, the retirement decision under wraps so tightly that he was still working in the building up until the point at which all the players were back on campus and could meet with him personally. And I, I think I mentioned this on the show before, but you may have read it as well. He waited a couple of days. One of the reasons why this took until I think it was last Wednesday, right? Wednesday, it was Tuesday that Vrabel got fired. Wednesday was Pete Carroll and, Nick Saban. So last Wednesday, a week ago, the reason why he waited is because there were a bunch of players who couldn't make it back to campus with some of the weather that was changing travel or affecting travel. Uh, And so he waited until every last one of his players was in the room and he was still working and still interviewing potential assistant head coach or assistant coaches so that no one had any, any idea that he was about to retire. It did not break ahead of time. Chris Lowe of ESPN was the first to have the news, and it's because someone texted him from inside the meeting. I don't know who it was, but somebody did. Somebody let him know that Saban had just told his players that he would be retiring. Otherwise, the only people who knew were Saban's family members, presumably. Even his assistant coaches didn't find out till that day. He was very careful he wanted to deliver that news himself, and I admire that because it's just not easy to keep that kind of a secret in this day and age when people want to be the ones who who break the news, who give the leak, who set off some chain reaction and go viral, so to speak. And it's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So when Derrick Henry found out He tells this podcast, Bustin' with the Boys, that he knew at that point they were going rebuild, so he would not be returning to Nashville. But also, he shares this revelation. A lot of times, we speculate about internal, I don't want to say politics, but internal relationships, or there's speculation about a team quit on the coach or a coach lost the locker room or, uh, you know, the chemistry's not there because of blah, 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 blah. Well, Derrick Henry actually gives us some insight into how the 2023 Titans weren't the same as his earlier days in Nashville.
6: In years past, when when s*** hit the fan, you can look to your left or your right and you know when, when the pressure comes, you know the person to your left or right is going to respond. Mm-hmm. And if you need to lean on them, you can lean on them by being in those situations with them before. And and, and this year, like you said, when you came to the facility, it just didn't, you know, it kind of felt different. like out of place. And whenever I came um, back for OTAs um, uh, uh, earlier last year, um, you know, I was talking to KB, we both kind of felt the same way. It was like, it just felt different. Mm-hmm. You know, You know, when we used to come back, it was kind of like that home feeling, like, we was the old lines all together. Everybody knew everybody and everybody was like, yeah. we was all family, but it was just different this year because you had a lot of, a lot of young guys and you know, this year was like the first time I was like, it's, it's, it felt like they're taking a shift. Yeah. It, it, I don't know when it's going to happen, but yeah. I, you can just feel it at some point. They were going to shift.
2: In case you don't know, uh, busing with the boys is Will Compton and Taylor Lawan, And so Having Derek Henry on the podcast makes sense because we're talking about guys who understand Titans culture. Uh, and here's a, quite a revelation. Now, this was the headline, the clickbait, if you will, that he was almost traded during the season by the organization.
6: It was close. It was close. For really? it was, yeah, you know something? It was close. It was close, boys. It was. It was close. <laughs> um, was it, it, it was, was in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, I know uh, two for sure. It was, I mean, I, I I don't know the the other one. I I don't know if that would have happened, but one of them, were, I felt like it was it was it was pretty close. A lot went down with, between you know that little saga with, with with the trade and all that stuff.
2: So he says he nearly got traded during the season, and there were at least two teams that were interested that are currently in the playoffs. Wow, could you imagine adding Derrick Henry to any of these playoff rosters? I wish I wish I knew, excuse me, which ones, uh, but he doesn't identify them. Um, and even at 30 years old, he says he is still a, a guy who can truck you. Well, he doesn't say that, but he he's still got plenty left in the tank.
6: I ain't done playing. I ain't even close to done playing. I still feel I can run for another 2,000, but um, <laughs> that's for the future to tell.
2: Once again, Derrick Henry with uh, former teammates bussing with the boys. So, Marco Belletti, what do you think? Could you imagine adding Derrick Henry to say Buffalo? Now, I know James Cook has been, he's had this uh, great run since they changed offensive coordinator, so it's been a Mm -hmm. much more uh, run-centric or at least an attempt to run the football, and James Cook has found his stride. trying to think who else. Ravens. Ravens? I think that's
5: what it is. Yeah, I think wow. it's exactly
2: what it is. I mean, I feel like they already have running backs. I know they lost, lost two a few. Of them. That's true. That's true.
5: I, I think that would have been... I feel like Baltimore was definitely inquiring, and I'm, to be fair, uh, and this is nothing against Derrick Henry, it's just the idea of where the situation of where the Titans are. I'm shocked they didn't trade him Because they could have got something for him, and they're, they're not going to resign of, him. Right. So it really doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense because they weren't going anywhere. at that point
2: they didn't know. Well, maybe they didn't know. They thought they might still make the playoffs. Where? When were they really in a playoff hunt like I don't feel like Tennessee was ever really
5: hanging around at any point
2: true I guess depending upon where it was in the Jaguars arc because at one point the Jaguars were eight and three and had a two and a half game lead in that division that was post London right remember they won a couple games in London then went on this nice run right but after that the wheels started coming off so I can't remember exactly when the the trade deadline was already gone yeah at at that that point point. it would have been yeah and, and I just I don't see like I don't
5: feel I don't at any point in this season that I feel like Tennessee was ever in a playoff run And they knew, they had to know, because we all know now, that they're not going down the road of bringing back Derrick Henry. That seemed like it was like a a, a farewell on the last game of the season. Everybody seemed to know, and it was kind of like, you've been great, it's been fun, we're not doing this anymore. So everybody knows that.
2: He is the highest paid running back in the NFL, or was this season.
5: So it's surprising that they didn't try to get something for him, and maybe they did, and it just didn't work out, which to me, something would have been something. Uh, But I feel like the Ravens are, in my opinion... The most obvious choice. Mm. And I feel like Baltimore was dying to find another running back because they kept losing them and they kept finding more. Everywhere they <laughs> went. True. It was like oh, oh, they let's do try this. keep adding some. Oh, let's
2: try this. And then they they would add him and then they would cut him. They add him and then they would cut him. So if, I feel like that was a good one. Just happen they wanted again to this week. Yeah. I agree with him though, that he's got plenty left to give. After seeing him in the final week of the regular season just turn 30, it was like a, a 30 party.
5: He can still play uh for how much longer? I don't know. The only thing with Derrick Henry, and this is not a knock, but he's a guy that you gotta feed. If you think you're gonna bring in Derrick Henry, give him eight carries and think he's gonna make a difference in the game, he's not. Derrick Henry's biggest attribute is the fact that he's gonna keep hitting you, keep hitting you, keep hitting you. And carry twenty-two is gonna rip off a sixty yarder because in the fourth quarter you don't wanna tackle Derrick Henry anymore. Cause you're tired of it. <laughs> but you and don't think
2: he can make an impact? I disagree. In I seven carries?
5: No. I don't think he's not the type of runner. I feel like he needs to get the ball constantly to wear you down and then eventually take over. They're a team that in the fourth quarter, they'll wear you down and they'll grind it out and then they'll take over because you're just out of gas. But if you think three or four carries in the first quarter, he's going to all of a sudden rip one off, he might, but that's not really his game. That's not the impact that Derrick Henry makes. I feel like he's better carry 22 than he is carry two.
2: He will still strong arm people and just truck them, which is great. Uh, just looking at the Baltimore situation, so they just waived Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Right, so that was an option they tried. It didn't mm-hmm. work. They've got Dalvin Cook. They could promote him mm-hmm. uh, to go along with Gus Edwards and Justin H- Justice Hill, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, they've kind of had a revolving door there because of uh, the number of different guys they've tried, but then also lost injuries at the beginning of the season.
5: Mm-hmm. And yeah. Dalvin Cook might be a guy that, he's another guy. I think he's got plenty in the tank. Now, I know he didn't, work out at all with the Jets. at all, not at all. But they also didn't feature him in any way because Brees Hall was as good as he was coming back from the ACL. I think they were shocked with how good he was right from the get-go. And Dalvin Cook just never got involved in the Aaron Rodgers stuff, so everything snowballed. Cook's got something left in the tank. But same thing. If you think you're going to give him six or seven carries and say, all right, give me 80 yards and seven carries, (laughs) it's not going to work properly. He's another workhorse type back. Not so much as Derrick Henry, but still in that same vein, and I don't know if they're going to have the patience to use Dalvin Cook the way he probably needs to.
2: I mean, I would take Derrick Henry on my team. I'd be okay seeing how that would work out. I think he's a unique talent. Strong, still powerful, and we've seen him mostly durable. I know he's had a couple of injuries, but mostly durable at 30.
5: And it all comes back down to the same thing but for how much? Right. Everybody True. would say if you want Derrick Henry, yeah, absolutely. Do you want to pay him this kind of money? No, I'm not going to pay him that kind of money. So it still comes down to running backs. There's a lot of them in the league that everybody would go, I would love to have him. And the second they go, well then I want 10 million dollars, they go, eh, that's not really what I was thinking. <laughs> so I don't know what the market's going to be for Derrick Henry. My guess, similar to Dalvin Cook last year where you're coming down to the wire and it's can he get a one year five or $6 million deal and see if someone thinks that he's the missing piece. Because I don't think he's going to get a multi-year deal, and I don't think he's going to get anywhere near the money that he got in his last contract.
2: Well, I am really glad, though, that he ended up getting – I mean, he had a couple of good years of being paid. His last contract paid him really well.
5: He's one of the last few. There was only him and McCaffrey, basically, that's gotten the contract for the running back. Mm -hmm. Everyone since – Nick no. Chubb
2: I, was twelve million, if I remember correctly, or I somewhere that in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. yeah, so he got paid too, but obviously spent this last year being hurt. All right, coming up, uh, th- the this was just a really sad piece of news from the NBA, um, and in reading the story today about an assistant coach that passed away, it reminded me how uh, basketball is so international now, and there's so many relationships in this uh, assistant coach his death has really affected a lot of people. Uh, So just a story that we wanted to share a little bit, but also again, because NBA is becoming so international. uh, This particular coach really had a great impact on Twitter, a law radio.
4: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive.
2: On our Facebook page. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You
3: are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
5: First thing I want to say is uh, I'd like to condolences uh, to Becky, uh, his family. And uh, his friends and uh, uh, the Warriors organization. Uh, he was a great, great man, great man. And uh, I don't, I don't even want to talk about the basketball stuff because great basketball mind, but uh, great man. And uh, he'll be uh, sort of missed.
3: This is After Hours with Amy
0: Lawrence.
2: The voice of Mike Brown, former assistant coach on the Warriors staff. And that's how w- one of the ways that he encountered and spent time with Dehan Milojevic, who is the current Warriors assistant who passed away of a heart attack on Wednesday. And this happened in Salt Lake City. So the team announced this news on Wednesday afternoon uh, and At just 46 years old, he had already made such an incredible impact on so many players and coaches around the NBA that the ripple effects are being felt in the league, Uh, even as the news spread on Wednesday and, and the Warriors and Jazz canceled their game that was set for Wednesday night. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Milojevic died in Salt Lake City, so he was hospitalized after there was this medical emergency, I'm not sure if you saw this news, but the Warriors were having a private team dinner. And whether he had the heart attack there or he started to suffer cardiac arrest, just really traumatic to think about being there as one of your coaches. So this is from the player's perspective or as one of your colleagues from, you know, the other coaches and the staff members uh, are either seeing this or watching him or hearing about it and uh, try to put yourself in that situation, just devastating and really difficult to, to process when you're there as someone is suffering an incident like this. I mean, think back to what happened with DeMar Hamlin and his teammates who saw this happen on the field as he goes down, as he suffers cardiac arrest, as they're trying to revive him, it would have, Likely been something similar for Dejan Milojevic. So again, he passed away in Salt Lake City. The Warriors were on a road trip there. The game Wednesday was canceled and the team released a statement. So no one has spoken in front of a microphone. uh, But of course, they're devastated, shocking, and tragic. You know, he's mid-40s. And so you can imagine... They're all very emotional about it. But it wasn't just the Warriors. And this is the part that uh, I felt like was really underscored on Wednesday. Because there are Serbians like Nikola Jokic who are in the NBA. And he's he's not the only one. I mean, the, the Toronto Raptors head coach is from Serbia. I mean, we we know that there are... Plenty of players who have made their way from Eastern Europe, but from Serbia specifically. You think about the national teams they would have played on or the different times that they would have crossed paths in the NBA. So, whether it's international teams, whether it's, you know, having played and traveled together or, you know, even Olympic teams, right? Those types of situations. But in the NBA, with I mean and and there are a healthy number of Serbian players but in the NBA you know you you understand how it how difficult how challenging it is to get here you understand how it takes you away from your home country right so you're you're having to be somewhere else uh, across an ocean and the culture is different and maybe you're away from your families and the language is different and all these things and so you can imagine the bond uh, among these Players and coaches again, whether they know each other from international teams or national teams, or whether it's just that they uh, they can support one another here in the NBA. What I'd read about Malojevich is that he is a mentor to Nikola Jokic. Have not heard from Nikola, but also Boyan Bogdanovic of the Atlanta Hawks, um, also Serbian.
6: Like everyone else in Serbia, I think we we couldn't believe. It. The, the news with true because that guy was a beast, you know, uh, and always positive, um, you know, everyone remembers him as a guy who, if you complain to him, he was never the guy who complained first, but, you know, if you complain to him, he would always say, like, I just laugh, man, you know, you know, you only live once. He was always saying that, it's such a sad thing.
2: Uh, So it's hard to hear he's standing in front of his locker, but he says um, that he was one of those guys that made an impact, uh, one of those guys that you could talk to. Uh, And so, again, you can imagine that this is extremely painful. Uh, So Milojevic was also uh, an accomplished player himself and then coached in Serbia, worked with Jokic there uh, before Jokic came to the U.S., And had been part of the national team and joined the Warriors. You know, highly recommended. uh, And they really loved the impact that he had. Uh, And then you think about the Toronto Raptors head coach. uh, And the fact that he's Serbian. And I know we were having fun with some of his comments last week about it is complete crap. Remember, he was ripping on the referees. Um, But still... Ripple effects, and anyone who is from Serbia or even Eastern Europe understands what this man meant to to basketball.
1: He was a player. Um, He was this undersized five man. He was uh, what six four, six five. And uh, he was the best rebounder and double-double machine in EuroLeague. You know, he uh, played for the national team and he was able to win a couple of uh, European world championships. Uh, he played for Partizan Belgrade and he was uh, such a big influence on... Um, um, on young people, and then when he became a coach, um, he was lucky enough that one of his first jobs was to, was to work with uh, Team uh, Mega in Belgrade, and he was uh, he was coaching Nikola Jokic among others. Like uh, a lot of NBA players, went through his hands and his influence, and he helped a lot of guys. He stayed there for ten years uh, as as a head coach. He, he he helped a lot of people to you know to make next. Stepy their career.
2: Talk about a resume. Talk about singing the praises of this assistant coach of the Warriors that had a whole career, uh, both player and coach, before he ever got to the NBA. That's Darko Royakovich. As I say, the NBA is so international now and the ties are run so deep for so many of these players with these coaches and national teams. It's gotta be a just a devastating loss